What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to possibly get rich. In this week's episode, me and Ben get to sit down with Nick Krauchovic. Nick is a cybersecurity expert by profession. He does apps, he knows all about encryption, and he's a fellow Bitcoin hodler. We sit down and talk to Nick about various different things, including famous hacks, things that we can avoid so that we don't lose our Bitcoin, anything security, basically, we talk to Nick about, and we even get a little bit into Ethereum and what we think smart contracts is heading in the future. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. There's a lot of value here. Nick, thanks for joining the show. Good to see you again. I know we've spoken before. Uh, I appreciate you, man. Hey. Hey, man. Uh, it's good to be back. Thanks so much. Um, good to meet you as well, Ben. Nice to meet you, Nick. Yeah, so now we're going we're gonna to change it up a little bit and we're going to talk about Bitcoin, uh, which you and I briefly talked about before, but we want to go in deeper in Bitcoin with all the news and everything that's exciting going on, especially specifically to what you do for a living, which is security. Can you let the people know more about what you do, Nick? Yeah, so I'm a uh, cybersecurity professional, uh, kind of multidisciplinary startup owner as well. Um, and then also, you know, passionate Bitcoin enthusiast. So yeah, uh, I've spent some time trolling into Bitcoin security and, and what that kind of means for, you know, anyone holding Bitcoin. Yeah, that's definitely uh, something that Ben and I get asked a lot. Uh, and it's probably one of the most common things in Bitcoin. And it's basically, you know, once I buy this asset and you guys are explaining this as gold, what the heck do I do with it? All right. <laughs> so, so can you let the people know your opinion, general overview on, you know, why you would have to put your Bitcoin away and why is it risky um, to not move it, basically, if that makes any sense? Yeah, so essentially, I think probably if I step back a second and say Bitcoin security-wise uh, is, is, is pretty solid. It's basically based on cryptography, which is a, a mathematical process. So, you know, if you put the same input in, you're always going to get that continuous output. Um, and then you've got like a network of nodes who, who kind of will go away and everything that happens, they all kind of verify and ratify that happen so there's kind of a, a consensus consensus of the network but it's a consensus consensus based on a, on, a math, on a mathematical proof so um as things happen in the blockchain everyone says yep okay i've done the sums it's the same let's like ratify that and put it in there so it's it's, it's also under constant audit so that's it's kind of from a security perspective that's kind of you know a system perspective at least that's that's what you want that's pretty much the best you can do at this point right um, so it's got that kind of features built into the, to the core of the product. So, um, which, which is kind of different from, um, and, and it's kind of decentralized. So you don't have the, the insider risk of say I'm running a bank and I have all the currency and uh, I decide uh, tomorrow that I'd rather just take off with that and you know, <laughs> flee somewhere with no extradition. Uh, that kind of threat is not there. Um, and it's yeah. it's also kind of not in, and likewise it's not printed by like a, a country. So if the country defaults tomorrow, um, it's not like you know the, the Bitcoin will be impacted. Um, in fact, if right. more countries de default, the better the Bitcoin is going to go. So um, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's a little bit. That dark. sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. So so is it yeah. insanely secure because of numerous things or because of one specific thing? Like, is it the blockchain that makes it? Is it a bunch of different things? Like how, yeah, does, so, how does somebody that doesn't know much about the tech basically trust that the tech is going to work? Yeah. So essentially it's based on some, some standard cryptographic algorithms and essentially your wallet and your key as well are based on public private key 
cryptography. So it's um, essentially what we kind of use that for a lot is, you know, certificates on website and kind of verifying somebody is who they say they is without giving away. Otherwise, um, if I had just a, a standard encrypted thing, I'd have to share the password with you with, you know, public key cryptography. There's like a public key to see stuff and a private key to put stuff so you can see it. Um, okay. That's really sim simple. Someone, you know, is, uh, is probably uh, crying at how simple I made that, but that's, that's the general concept. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the blockchain itself, which is all about audit and, you know, trust uh, as well on top and, you know, trust and kind of that uh, transparency is, is key for making sure that the, the system's secure and we got, you know, confidence in it as well. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I learned a little, um, I was learning about the, the, the cryptography and um, I, what you said a few seconds ago with, you know, one way in and no way to turn it around. So, the blocks are dependent on a hash that gets produced with that same formula, right? So the transactions yeah. go in. Um, is there, what are the other pieces to that formula that make it a one way in? Yeah, essentially um, also with, with the hash to, to as blocks go, uh, you know, as, as hashing the next value will use that hash value from the previous block. So it's all interlinked. So it's not like I can insert a fake block in there essentially. Yeah. Every block has kind of got some, uh, referential integrity i think is the technical term between so pretty much you have to get the first hash done uh to then create the second hash uh and likewise so you, if you feed all those hashes lists in a thing you'll be able to track every transaction so it's not like i can put in a dummy block or something like that as well so right, it's kind right. of um it, it's re it's really clever uh the, the way it's done um and it's kind of core principles are yep um yeah. you kind of you kind of need to start at the beginning uh, and and then kind of work that through and, and work through all the math. So, um, and you, math doesn't lie here, you can't fake it. So it's uh, about as good as you can get, I guess. Gotcha. Ben, feel free to jump in at, at any time. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, right, we just had that scare of the uh, transaction that seemed to be duplicated, uh, but it wasn't really duplicated. Um, and I mean, I think there was one company that had recently bought millions of dollars worth and they saw that and got cold feet and sold their Bitcoin. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that transaction that happened where it seemed to be like, how do we explain that, Jose? Was it like a, it seemed to be the a double spend? Yeah, the, the double spend. spend. Yeah. 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 So essentially the, the good thing about Bitcoin is you can't really double spend. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of... Um, uh, where the real risks are is is when you're transacting or shifting Bitcoin. Um, there, there is kind of a, I was going to get into this later, but there is something called the 51% attack and that's how okay. you could potentially double spend. So say if I somehow, you know, we all got together and we got control of 51% of the, of the nodes on the blockchain, we could then like fork that transaction blockchain and then uh, double spend. So we'd have what was in the previous uh, blockchain and we could yep. spend that but then also the stuff we forked we've just essentially dupli duplicated that value and then we could spend that so that that's kind of a real application of the, of the double spend um, but that is kind of you know getting 51% of the Bitcoin nodes uh, Bitcoin nodes is, is super hard yeah um, but I, I think if you know if if institutions adopt Bitcoin or we have you know like a you know like a, a government's backed Bitcoin top currency and say, you know, nodes are going to be held by these institutions. That then becomes like a, a real risk, I guess, if it's, you know, say every bank Absolutely. has a Bitcoin or something. They can um, overpower the network basically is what it sounds like, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Exactly, yeah. 
Yeah, that's um, super interesting. But, I never, I never even heard of that that concept. Yeah, yeah. As as long as it stays decentralized and, and nodes keep popping up, uh, and uh, we're, we're kind of good. What would be kind of cool, and I'm, I'm not sure if this exists. I'm just thinking out loud, but like a, a node transparency uh, kind of directory where you can see who owns what node. Uh, mm. That would be that would be a cool project uh, if anyone's listening is interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just giving away free IP here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, what are um, what are the chances of of that type of situation playing out? I mean, I know you said it's pretty hard, but you know, if every single bank has one, technically they could overspend everybody in equipment and basically run the show, and then it wouldn't be decentralized. Am I seeing that wrong? Yeah, I think yeah, if I understand correctly, so yeah, the, the risk is say tomorrow, uh, all the governments get together and banned, uh, you know, you hosting your own Bitcoin yeah. node, and from now on, it's going to only going to be hosted by you know JP Morgan, etc. Uh, then yeah, that that's a that's a real risk, I guess. Um, like, and, you know, I guess it's everything's possible. I don't know how probable it is right now, but I think if mm-hmm. uh, if we head into hard economic times and Bitcoin is is doing well, that's uh, that's going to become a real risk, I think. Yeah. Do we know um, how many nodes are currently in production? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, let me just have a quick look. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm so like, like, I'm so intrigued by that because like a, a company like Google, a company like Amazon, could definitely buy up most of the server space and take over. Uh, that's yeah, interesting. Now you said you wanted to go transparent on the nodes, and I know you're looking back there, so you know, take yeah. your time, whatever. Um, but wouldn't that go against the you know being anonymous, like the the if I have to tell people who were, you know, that I'm the owner of that node, uh, wouldn't that kind of give me up? Yeah, yeah. essentially. And I, I think Bitcoin is is not a true anonymous currency. I think where it kind of gets billed as, um, hey, Bitcoin is anonymous. It's a good way to trade, but it's actually not. Uh, there's more, there's other currencies that are specifically anonymous like Monero. Um, I, I think Bitcoin is, you know, you still have that you can see, uh, what I've bought in the past, right? Yeah. So if I or, or the trades I've made, let's say in Bitcoin, yeah. Uh, so you could then essentially that's essentially metadata. That's like you could go back in time, and if you, you know, uh, are fairly confident, uh, you based on you know purchasing patterns, you could probably reasonably work out who, who someone is. So it's not truly anonymous. It's not like your previous transactions are, are disguised as well. Um, so there's a couple other offshoots where they've kind of spread out into that domain, and they're offering like a, a true true anonymous uh, currency. Oh, interesting. Is anybody in the Bitcoin space working on that same type of uh, update, I guess I would say? Like, uh, like if Monero that... is doing these things, why isn't the Bitcoin uh, developers doing this thing? Yeah, I guess uh, probably, um, you know, thinking out loud is Bitcoin as a, as a public record. That's one, kind of one of the key features of it. Okay. Um, and, you know, if if we want to stop fraud or we want to stop money laundering, etc., right? You kind of need that uh, yeah. historical metadata. Uh, but if you want to do illegal things, guys, you know, don't use Bitcoin, use Monero or something like that. <laughs> gotcha. What's the uh, not that anything? Yeah, yeah. So with Bitcoin, <laughs> the the symbol, I guess, or like the shorthand is BTC. What is it for Monero? Uh, I think it's M N something. I think it's M N R M N X. I have okay. never heard of Monero. <laughs> yeah, I just want to pull it up. Just yeah. to... oh, sorry, it's XMR, XMR. XMR, okay. XMR. I think I've seen that before. I think I've seen so that the, on Binance. 
Do you know? So what yeah. is it, Nick? Do you know? Do you know much about that XMR? I've never like a quick one hundred and one that you could give me. Yeah. So essentially, it's just kind of Bitcoin, but with okay. anonymous features. Uh, so it's become popular for anyone you know doing a a ransom, I mean a crypto ransomware um, thing, especially <laughs> mm -hmm. over Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, the, the main difference of Bitcoin is it's Bitcoin, but it's got some more anonymous features. So it's it, you can truly transact anonymously. Cool. It's trading at one hundred thirty-six dollars. Just so you know, Jose. Yeah, I can see the value in that, man. That's yeah, yeah that's really cool. So um, I guess it's, it's only natural to ask you, since it's blockchain tech related, Ethereum. What do you think, man? What are your thoughts on Ethereum? Yeah, so I actually I finished reading a book on Ethereum last week. Um, okay. And essentially what it was, uh, the whole smart contracts thing is, uh, is, is, is kind of like a Bitcoin plus, I guess, if you had to explain it to a lay person where uh, they've kind of got, they're thinking about, okay, not only can this do currency, but we can do smart contracts and, and have organizations represented in the blockchain. So, um, you know, your, your companies can essentially, you can form companies in a blockchain. You might not have a, a CEO or, you know, a, a kind of management structure. It'll kind of be represented there and you can then distribute out to people on the network. You know, let's say they're doing tasks. Let's say your company is uh, developing software or something. So you can kind of say, okay, you're going to work on this feature and you're going to work on this feature and, and do that kind of thing. Um, it, so far, I think probably based on, what I know, I think if anything is going to really take the cake, it will be Ethereum because they've got like a whole, um, with the whole smart contract thing, they've got, you know, they're thinking about if they have uh, programs and they execute and, you know, how their time box and how they'll stop programs from, you know, using up blockchain uh, resources and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it's, it's, um, it, it's super smart. I think the guy who founded uh, Bitcoin, I think he, oh, sorry, Ethereum did work on Bitcoin and then he kind of had the brainwave and said, Hey, this, uh, we can kind of do a lot with his blockchain stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that was a birth of Ethereum. What do you um, think uh, industry wise, like what would be the top three uses? I think me and Jose were talking about, were we talking about medical records and contracts being used yeah, through Ethereum? I like medical records. I like real estate to get rid of the lawyer and the bank in that sense of the, the paperwork side of things and not have to pay them. Um, I forgot the other one we were talking about, but yeah. I'm, I'm truly interested in the smart contract thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, strictly, probably, I'd say strictly anything, it, it kind of replace, you know, contracts, therefore, you know, lawyers or any kind of industry where there's, you know, a whole bunch of contract work that gets done. Um, yeah. I think also in terms of like pooling computing power, it, it looks pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So if, if we want to, you know, work on projects and have them run somewhere in, in like a manner that's public for everyone to see, Ethereum is probably a good place. Yeah, uh, and I, I think standard companies like company registries and things like that um, is is super cool for blockchain. I know here down in Oz there was a project I think from our kind of it's called um, uh, the um, uh, called ASIC, which is you know our stock exchange and regulator. They're kind of looking at um, moving all their records over to blockchain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's something that's going to pop up a lot. Um, How about know, voting? Yeah, right. voting. We yeah. People have the been, ultimate I mean, contract. <laughs> yeah, so, especially with this me, year. Yeah, sorry. Um, no. For me, I, I'm anti any online voting. I think we should do it on paper. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, I just think at the moment, based off everything we've seen in the last six mm -hmm. months, uh, mm -hmm. um, it's it's quite strange. I know here we do everything on paper as well. Uh, like even voting machines and stuff that you guys have in the US scare me because I think the last few years there's been definitely like there's a famous hacker conference called DEFCON 
Uh, and they have literally, I think since 2013, 2014, those hack same machines. voting machines, they've shown, you know, how easy it is to hack them and stuff. And it's just, uh, for me, it just kind of seems, uh, I don't know, if, if you can do it on paper and it's literally, you know, number your candidates or ticker thing. Yeah. Uh, and we can then go look at the paper and audit it. Um, that I'm more comfortable. I don't know. For me, which might sound strange, but there's certain things that as they move over to be tech where they're not tech, um, sometimes it just doesn't make sense for me if you're these things. Like you're introducing a whole bunch of risks into the tech uh, or a whole bunch of introduce come in with the introduction of that tech that are just not there. And yeah. I think voting is, is kind of the same one. Um, so I'm. It, it could be a good way to do voting. I haven't really looked into it too much. I'm kind of... I think we should still do everything in paper on voting, um, which is, might sound weird, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's that sounds per perfectly, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like the right way, especially if, like you said, we're able to audit them. I was thinking about the smart contract in the medical field. I was actually talking to a buddy about this yesterday, um, where, you know, medical records are such a big thing. They get tampered with, they get seen by the average employee, um, you know, things like that. They're at risk. So I was thinking one of these things where a multi-sig situation happens where the patient has the key, the doctor has the key, and that's the only time that the medical record could be updated or anything could be removed on that medical record. Does that sound like Ethereum could solve that type of thing? That's a smart contract in a sense, isn't it? Yeah, but essentially that's, you know, uh, that kind of brief concept is public key, private key cryptography. Yeah. Um, I guess the only, like, um, if you did it that way, I guess the only hassle would be if you change doctors, right, then you need to set up a new, let's say, mm. let's call it like a wallet or an encrypted location with a key and then provide that kind of public key to another doctor. And then, you know, depending on, you know, Good say point. you go to a different doctor, then your number of, you know, let's say wallets is going to kind of blow up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I kind of think. For, for medical records, it would probably be good to have, say, you, you know, you, hard wallets kind of make sense, I guess, in that sense. If you have just using, I know we're not, people are going to be upset we're not using the right technology terminology, but if you've got like a hard wallet type device where your kind of records as they go in, they're put on there and you carry that wallet with you and then you take that to the doctor and then you kind of, you know, as things happen, you know, you, you're on new medication that kind of gets stored in there. Perfect example. Um, that makes a ton of sense. So basically, yeah, but, like, yeah, that you're putting a deposit in and you're the one that goes to the appointment and unlocks the private key to allow the deposit to go in or whatever. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, that is... Just, <laughs> we're giving just free IPs out. Exactly. What's going on, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they say guys' ideas are easy. Uh, doing those ideas are hard. So. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I try, to t I try to play a little bit with Ethereum code. Um, I forgot what their language is. It starts with an S. Uh, but either way, um, it seemed like they pretty they have a pretty down you know, user friendly, like it's pretty easy to pick up if you just know how to do basic PHP and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's, I think there's a lot of stuff is runs on Java and JavaScript. So that's kind of, you know, what web apps are developed on. So, you know, it's it, it, the, the other thing probably forgot to mention is the way it's geared up with that setup makes it super, super easy to, for people to adopt it, which is, uh, you know, I, th I think is going to help it spread to the masses eventually one day. Super cool. And you're not worried about the fact that there's actually a team that runs it and they can move the field goal post at any time, you know? Yeah, I guess, you know, that's that's a problem, I guess, with Bitcoin as well, right? Except the team in Bitcoin is, is guys openly, you know, contributing. Um, and I think you can with Ethereum as well. So it's uh, like every project, right? There's a, a team risk, but um, the fact that you can see all the code, it's out there in the open. If you're not happy, you can kind of fork and do your own project. So there's kind of a few things there that uh, should help. Yeah.
All right, let's go back to Bitcoin. We, 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 yeah, yeah. Enough Ethereum. <laughs> enough. <money. laughs> um, so you're just, you, you know, you handle security for a living for code in the background. Yeah. Any Anything big that you can think about where Bitcoin has ever been hacked? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess kind of threats wise, probably just quickly stepping through is um, the, the kind of the key threats to your Bitcoin uh, uh, you know, phishing. So somebody, you know, it's a variation of the old, um, a prince in Nigeria, uh, give me this money and, you know, you can get a cut <laughs> of my hundred million dollar inheritance. So uh, essentially there's a lot of that. So people will say, Hey, give me some Bitcoin or, uh, Hey, I've got, you know, naked photos of you cause I hacked your PC and your webcam send me Bitcoin, uh, which, mm-hmm. which I've seen a few of those from, from people, uh, anecdotally. Um, the other kind of threat, I guess, is, is more of a threat to the value of your Bitcoin um, is, is spoofing. So uh, somebody submitting a whole bunch of buy orders on the blockchain, driving the price of the Bitcoin up. Um, Interesting. So essentially, if, you know, something, let's say it costs roughly $100, right? Uh, but they spoof the price and it goes up to, you know, 120 140 you know, $1,000, keeps going. Essentially, you're, you're kind of, you're having to pay more for the same thing in, in a way if it's successful um there is a, i can send a good link through later there's a there's a, a one wallet address that's consistently been spoofing bitcoin they're trying to price, spoof the price of bitcoin <laughs> for a number of years oh, uh, wow. so that was that was very interesting reading yeah um and then i guess you know there's always the risk of malware there's malware specifically designed to once it gets on your pc look for wallets look for bitcoin uh, and kind of steal those and those elsewhere um there's also a lot of fake mining software. So I did have set up a, a Monero mining. Oh man, that's uh, as as a proof yeah. of concept on AWS. It wasn't actually really effective because uh, okay. <laughs> paid for your AWS PC time. It, you know, you were in the red. Um, but essentially, what there's a there's a big risk where people will go download mining software, but someone's modified it so that the uh, it, it's hard coded somewhere to that to their Bitcoin address. So you'll put your Bitcoin address, and you're expecting as you're mining, you know, it'll get deposited there. Instead, it's actually covertly going to this guy's uh, wallet. So while you're kind of mining, all that hard work is <sighs> getting siphoned off. Insane. Uh, and then I guess the other thing is, you know, there's always the any kind of periphery services, you could kind of stop those denial of service. So we, you know, let's think big and take down the entire internet. Well, then that's obviously going to impact Bitcoin, I guess. Right. So sure. That was something my buddy said to me. He was like, look, what happens if they just cut off the internet? How do you transact with Bitcoin then? And I was like, I was pretty much stumped. Um, yeah, well, that- basically we, we're, we're screwed. We've got to kind of work to restore service, but that's why yeah. you should kind of hard wallet everything. So let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's say, you know, or, or if there's a massive, you know, solar flare or something, have your stuff hard wallet away and locked in. Yeah. That's what my buddy asked me. He's like, what if they just EMP everything? I was, yeah. like, uh. mm-hmm. I was like, well, in that case, I don't think money is the thing we're going to be worried yeah. about. In, in yeah. that same vein, like if you go somewhere with a credit card, like that needs internet connection too. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. It's, a, it's the same so. risk banking system. So sometimes yeah. you see a lot of Bitcoin people who are not, cool on Bitcoin or deniers and I'll kind of say, what about this? What if the power goes? It's like, well, it's a break to you guys, but you know, Visa and MasterCard and all that is all that goes down to basically got the same problem. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, so on the, um, on the topic of, uh, someone, you know, using malware, you say you download the mining software, they get on your computer. If you're using something like LastPass, where, you know, if you're using Coinbase or somewhere else where you're logging in to check your balance or trade or whatever, um, 
but your password's pretty much like already encrypted, would they be able to steal that, that like your login information or your, your password? Yeah. yeah, that's that's always a risk. Um, you know, password managers, especially if they're stored in cloud, there's always a risk of um, somebody somewhere, the really powerful setup could kind of work out, you know, what that, what those values are. Um, there might be a situation where somebody, uh, you know, let's say there's an investigation and, you know, you know, the FBI or any other organization could seize those PCs and have a look at it. So, mm. um, and that kind of coming back to what we said earlier about the medical records, the, the kind of best way is to, to keep any sensitive stuff, you know, stored safely away uh, in somewhere that you only have access. You kind of have the risk that if you lose it or you break it, it's gone forever. But, um, you know, it's less sets of eyes who could potentially get to that stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I know where you stand on this. So, you know, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, we have newer listeners to Bitcoin or whatever. What are your thoughts on, I know you said keeping it, you know, cold storage. Do you spread that out? Do you put it in any other services? Do you leave it on exchanges or anything like that? How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I've, I've got a bit always on CoinSpot uh, and I've got some in a ledger. Um, you know, I kind of advocate everyone to, to do the same thing, do a hardware wallet. Um, back in the day when, you know, I, I think I was probably in university and Bitcoin was worth basically nothing. I had a go at setting up a wallet, which was like, you know, super complicated and I didn't end up using it anyway. <laughs> um, there, so I, I kind of say for anyone listening, um, you know, I'm using Ledger, but, you know, look at Trezor, Ledger, Edge Wallets, Exodus Wallet, uh, all that stuff. And I've got some links. So, you know, Bitcoin.org, there's a good, uh, secure your wallet kind of step-by-step -step guide on how to do all yeah. this stuff. Um, Crypto News also has a, it's a really good article called uh, 10, Top 10 Tips for Bitcoin Security, which kind of lays through a whole bunch of wallet stuff, but also other stuff. Um, and there's the bitcoinsecurity.guide. I think it's probably by far the best resource where it's got everything laid out in nice follow kind of languages. I'll share the links as well so you can share it with anyone listening. Perfect. Um, but but that's kind of the that's the key takeaways I guess if you use a hardware wallet. Um, but you know, not to uh, slam any exchanges, but a lot of exchanges are pretty good. I mean, Coinbase is is fantastic. It's also easy to use. Um, so you you know, there's a there's a little bit of comfort there with keeping stuff on Coinbase. Um, but as, what, you know, what makes their security so good? Um, I guess it's it, it, not so much. Uh, I, I guess probably, you know, they kind of follow some good processes, um, to, you know, talking really high level now, but, um, you know, you can see the kind of product they built is, is really awesome. Um, so look at that, but I think, you know, I think Coinbase is no different from any kind of bank in terms of the security they're doing. So as long as you follow uh, good practice, uh, there's a good chance it'll be safe, but, um, as you can see with all the, the famous hacks we've got, which I've got a list of here, um, you know, exchanges are, are, you know, a known target, I guess. Um, yeah. Mount Gox. <laughs> yeah. Mount Gox. Um, <laughs> I can kind of talk briefly. I've got a list of, you know, essentially the, the last few big hacks of the last five years. Go for it. Um, so the, the kind of bit stamp in 2015 where 5 million worth of, at the time, cryptocurrency uh, stolen. Um, a lot of these hacks are exchanges. Um, so in, you know, in, you know, speaking to the next one, Mount Gox was a classic example where it was, you know, like a very small team running this exchange. I think they used to sell like trading cards or something on there and then they kind of pivoted to becoming a, yeah. a Bitcoin exchange. I think the original founder was doing it to, 
do Magic the Gathering cards, and then he sold it to some just random dude, and the yeah, random dude just stole everybody's money. <laughs> yeah, he got hacked, and oh, I think he's yeah. in jail somewhere now in Japan or something like that. Uh, but that that was huge. That was three hundred fifty million dollars worth of Bitcoin at the, at the time. Crazy. Um, I guess adjust for inflation now and the rising price of Bitcoin, and uh, it's you know it's probably closer to five hundred million yeah, in value. For sure. Wow. Crazy. Um, and then, so, and, but not to like, so I think since 2018, they're kind of saying the amount of massive hacks has decreased, you know, like yeah. 90 something percent. Uh, so not to scare everyone, but it is a better picture, but you should always, you know, be wary, I guess. Um, then there was kind of Bitfinex in 2016 where they stole $72 million worth of uh, um, crypto. Um, but um, it looks like users were refunded. So I guess, um, probably cyber insurance or Bitcoin insurance, exchange insurance. Uh, that's, that's going to, you know, that's like an emerging field, I guess. Um, the interesting one, the following year in 2017 was nice hash. They weren't actually an exchange. They were um, essentially, if you got a mining rig or a mining pool, you could then go sell, you know, a time for someone to use that mining pool. Mm-hmm. Um so pretty much at that time, I think it was 60 mil worth of crypto stolen via nice hash. Um, so that, yeah, that's uh, an interesting idea for a business as well to give away another. <laughs> was that three already? <laughs> we just handed them out. Three already. I'm full of ideas today. Um, <laughs> yeah, write these down. <laughs> um, and then there was kind of a coin check. So that was kind of a, a cash for Bitcoin exchange uh, or cash for crypto exchange. The NEM tokens were stolen, so not Bitcoin, but that was that was roughly around 400 million. Uh, so well, you're seeing some of these these amounts being stolen are huge. So, um, and then there was Zafe, I think it's pronounced in Japan as well. 60 million stolen. I guess um, there's a pattern here. A lot of these exchanges are based in Japan, so it's uh, it's uh, anyone, it looks like <laughs> no, it's got a strong strong don't Bitcoin do business thing. over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they actually so Zafe actually stole Bitcoin, Cash, and Monocoin, so roughly 60 million worth. Uh, which is, is pretty crazy. And then there was the big one, 2019, Binance, 40 million. Um, everyone's still kind of freaking out talking about that, which was which was, was a big deal. But in, if you look at some of these other historical hacks, uh, Binance is actually quite minor compared to uh, even, you know, Mt. Gox or, um, you know, the Nice Hash, which was, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but, you know, I, I, we see a lot more kind of scams than we do hacks, like if you yeah. guys remember. Last year in July, there was that Twitter thing where they had, you know, Musk, uh, Biden, Bezos, everyone on Twitter saying, hey, donate to this wallet and then you'll get double the amount of Bitcoin back. I remember seeing that in real time and I was on Twitter and I'm like, it's clearly (laughs) a hack, but it's really, it was like Bill Gates account. Yeah, Bill Gates, yeah, uh, Uber. High level people. And I'm like, how in the world did they hack? Bill Gates and, and other people at the top of these fields. You know what I mean? That's that was insane. crazy to watch out in real time. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. I, I think they yeah. got away with like $100,000 worth of crypto. So people obviously saw it and were going, yeah, yeah. Man, I want to double my crypto and, um, you know. Yeah. Well, one thing on Binance, I just pulled this up. Um, they said that they covered basically all the $40 million. So they kind of ate yeah. that fee, which so is crazy. It's that, crazy. That's, that's really good. I guess, uh, and that's it, stuff like that as well. I guess if you're kind of a, a Bitcoin investor, uh, even if you're leaving stuff on exchange and it gets popped and they have insurance, you'll get, you know, you'll get some money back. You'll get something back. So that's a, 
that's a positive. All right, Nick. So you probably brought up probably about over a billion dollars um, <laughs> that have been taken off of exchanges. Mm-hmm. Now, how many stories can you come up with for hardware wallets and people getting their money stolen from there? Really, it's it's not many. I guess um, I guess there's there's I think it's more cases I've heard of someone's lost a hardware wallet. Uh, yeah. or they forgot the password to the hardware wallet or they mm-hmm. threw it away in a, in a dump somewhere and, uh, you know, it's got hundreds of Bitcoins on it. <laughs> um, that, that's the real risk. I think by its nature, it's, you know, only way to get a hardware wallet is to A, steal the hardware wallet and then B, know what the password is. Um, so unless someone, you know, really kidnaps you, um, it's, it's pretty safe in the hardware wallet. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that that's that's what I like to try to. Uh, I mean, it's it's it is still kind of difficult. I don't know if you would agree with that to kind of use a hardware wallet for, let's say, the average consumer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, agree definitely. And I think that's probably why crypto hasn't. You know, it's not bigger than it is at the moment. It's just uh, it's a little bit complex for your average user. Like it's much easier to just you know open a bank account, put money in there, and and you know get a card and, and you know pay with that. Yeah. Um, but it is getting better all the time. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, what someone who's going to come across with a, with an awesome way to, to do a wallet or, uh, you know, make things a lot simpler and kind of hide that from, uh, from a user, uh, is, is going to do really well. Yeah. Are you a fan of anybody that's doing anything new? Cause I, I think I was having this conversation with somebody else. I think the breaking point when it comes to uh, self custody is going to be the company that nails UI with the security of a hardware wallet in one shot. Do you, are you get a fan of anybody? Yeah, agree. Uh, I, you know, so far just, I'm a, I'm a ledger guy. Um, you know, what would be good. Uh, and I think probably what would be nifty is if there's an app with a really good UI to do it. Uh, but then you kind of got the, you got to worry about putting it on the phone and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, but if you had something, you know, like, you know, even if it looked like a, an iPod touch or something like that, and you know, that was, it was just a wallet. I think that would do really well. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's, it's, a, it's not easy to, to crack that problem. So, but whoever does somehow uh, is going to do really well. Do you think of the future, someone like Apple or Samsung or Google will find a way to, basically infuse a wallet into your actual phone? Yeah, I mean, that's always a possibility. Um, I, I, yeah, I, 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 well, I'm, I'm kind of worried. It doesn't really seem that, you know, especially from Apple uh, or Google or Samsung, there's anyone who's really like, hey, we, you know, let's push towards crypto. I think everyone's mm-hmm. still very, fairly invested in, you know, in the fiat money and, and they've kind of got their own, you know, the Apple Pay, you've got Samsung Pay, Google Pay, all that stuff. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think they're, they're really focused on that, but I guess, you know, good news is if, if it, you know, it, it's pretty much as we adopt more or more of us adopt Bitcoin or move to Bitcoin or crypto, that's, you know, the customer's need is obviously going to drive that. So, yeah, um, we, we kind of need the customer demand, I think, before anyone else goes, hey, we should, we should build this chip into the iPhone or something like that. I think as we get closer to, uh, to catching up, especially with Apple's market cap, um, I feel like they have to be talking about that behind the scenes, but I think as a company it'll roll out when Bitcoin gets closer to reaching Apple's market cap or others, right? Tesla, et cetera. So we'll, uh, we'll see. That'll be interesting to see how that rolls out. I think they'll have a tipping point where they have to, but I think they're going to be stubborn because 
you know, these companies are literally built off of data and the whole central mm-hmm. concept of being decentralized is not being able to give them that data. So they're going to hold mm-hmm. on as long as possible yeah. so they can keep getting that data, 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 data. <laughs> exactly right. The incentive for them is just, it's not there at the moment. So Right. But it will be because eventually they'll just get, you know, flooded. Um, this is a little bit off of Bitcoin, but it's more current event. Uh, and we, once again, briefly talked about it the last time you and I spoke. So you built a social media app. Um, you and your team. And now I, I want to have the conversation here on this podcast about how you guys go about, you know, moderating uh, people that post on your social, uh, you know, media app. And if anything that has happened recently has changed your team's strategy on doing that. Mm. So I, I guess, how do we moderate so far? It's just humans looking at things. Yep. Um, has a strategy, how does it change in recent things? No. Uh, it, I can, you know, looking at the whole, everything that's happened with Twitter and, you know, uh, some of the other social networks. Um, it's, you know, frankly, it's, it's pretty scary. Um, and and for me, my kind of whole thought on this is, uh, these guys are kind of at the top now. Um, and they're kind of doing whatever they can to kind of, uh, to hold that, uh, dominance, uh, and, and get that, you know, possibly codified. So I guess that's why, you know, some of the some of the big tech guys are really pushing for regulation now. Um, if you know, if anything, what we're going to see with regula- regulation that comes through is it really helps them solidify whatever you know whatever lead they have at the moment. It's going to make it really hard for for new people to get in. You know, especially with Parler, right? Like the same reasons Parler was dropped from Amazon. Uh, you can find those exact same, you know, people inciting violence, et cetera, whatever, on Twitter, on Facebook. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So f- for me, I kind of feel like this is a really big power play by all these guys to just, uh, you know, keep whatever lead they've got at the moment and try and consolidate that, stop anyone else from from popping up. It's it's so ironic that we just saw this with Twitter, Parler, Amazon, right? That exact situation. And then just today, we're seeing the same exact thing in the stock market. Right? Yeah, exactly. This Wall Street bets thing is amazing. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's crazy. So me, yeah. me, me, and Jose were chatting earlier. He was like, he he's excited. He's like, this is great because it you know pushes the need for decentralization. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Simultaneously, I'm also down some money, right? And a handful of my friends are down some money. So yeah, yeah. win I, win lose kind of thing. I but, didn't. Th- I didn't think about it in that end because I don't play ball. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I like to think about it as you know, in order when they, when the opponent exposes their defense, right? And they expose their defense. Now they're showing the power plays, and then mm-hmm. what they they understand this, but they're playing with danger because all these companies function because we believe that they function. Mm-hmm. So you guys are playing, and the stock market included. This is not just big tech. So mm-hmm. it, it's exciting for me because now it's you know, now it's not about rifles and bullets. Now it's about you know computer and code and networking right it's if the network chooses to not believe in you you guys die and mm-hmm. they're playing with fire yeah. so are these the sacrifice you know the sacrificial lambs that have to you know go down in these moments to have yeah, to yeah. go down for this to happen yeah absolutely, absolutely. but absolutely. it has to lead to something be- better because now the average person is seeing them with their skirt down mm-hmm. yeah well, exactly you know, yeah so yeah i'm excited this whole affair, I guess the the big signal out of this is is probably uh, crypto over the stock market is maybe a safer place to put your money and is yeah. you know, mm-hmm. increasingly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you know to a certain degree, there's there's a kind of a game being played, and you know average people are, are kind of catching on to that. Yeah. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like all the, let's think from, you know, 2016 to 2020, the big message, you know, I think in the US, you know, from the former president was there's a whole bunch of elites. They kind of got a crooked game. Yeah. Uh, and like, if anything, these kind of moments are like, are, you know, completely waking people up Ruin to say, that. hey, there's, right. there was something right in that. These guys just suspended trading uh, so they wouldn't lose money, right, on a, on a bet they made. So, yeah. Even with like the GameStop stock, uh, Robinhood was selling like customers' own shares. Like, hey, we sold this for your benefit at like a four hundred dollar <laughs> loss, bro. Like, yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to decentralization, uh, yeah. or, or people understanding the need for that, and then just more people realizing, like, oh, hey, Bitcoin solves this problem. So, a lot of a lot yeah. of talk on that on Twitter. It's been good to yeah, see. I, I guess like the jig is up for a lot of things, right? So uh, yeah. uh, we're going to see more stuff like this where it's like, it's almost like there's a run on the bank, right? The guys are doing a run on, on hedge funds now. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's how know, it started. Yeah. That's how it started. These dudes said, Oh, hedge funds are short on this. We're going to prove them wrong. Mm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, people are saying on, on Twitter, they're like the, the wall street guys are really Bitcoiners. They don't really know it. You know what I mean? Cause that's, yeah. that's what they want. So yeah, it's an uh, interesting time for sure. I can't yeah. I can't speak so much on the stock market because I'm not really good on that. But as for big tech, I like to say this though, um, because you know obviously they're the the bad guy in this situation. But mm. at the time when they proposed to us the services and the offerings that they proposed to us, it was at a time when we actually needed these services. Sure. So it, it was you know we needed a, a Facebook, we needed these things. But what happened is is that they started to abuse this power, right? But mm-hmm. the, the leverage for us is that is that they depended on us so much to give our curation, to give these podcasts, to give our value that once again, they're playing with fire because now that goes away from you guys. And when I'm decentralized or when the, the platform is decentralized, I'll be able to talk to my audience straight up and get you guys the hell out of here. So yeah. once again, just to double down, I'm super excited, guys. I'm super yeah. excited. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's like, We're in for some crazy times. Uh, so it's, it's good just to some things just watch on the side uh and mm-hmm. you know, some things if you're in bitcoin you're in stocks whatever it's you know it's a crazy time you know get amongst it yeah mm-hmm. i i am not surprised that this that, that that you know this abuse of power is happening obviously i'm not as big as these you know examples that we're talking about but i got banned last year from facebook for doing something that i thought was good um and i've experienced it firsthand and i felt like i had to leave the platform because of that now that the mm-hmm. whole world changed because i got banned absolutely not but mm-hmm. I'm not surprised at any of this. So it, sometimes I open my feed and I see it. And, you know, some people are gaslighting and stuff like that. And I get that part of it. But the other side of it is like, why are we all surprised? They keep showing us this in doses over the years, over and over and over again. They have this power. Yeah. We give it to them. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a standard kind of trage- trajectory for all these things where it's yeah. like, you know, building, growing, yep, open, open, open freedom. And then you all of a sudden become, you know, the market leader. And it's like, all right. Uh, consolidate all the gains take the uh, mask off who says anything contrary yeah. uh and you know we're seeing that kind of with with a lot of stuff uh, i think today in the in the modern world like you know whether it's uh you know governments you know finance yeah big tech everything is kind of we've moved to this pattern where uh you know these technologies are kind of becoming uh you know the incumbents now or kind of being you know becoming more established yeah um so they're they, you know, that that growth mindset from you know acquiring users, make the platform you know as good as possible, has now changed to like a, a kind of protecting mindset, which is uh, which means we're just going to see more of this, I guess, in the future. But yeah, um, to 
to like you know to to, to take another stint is uh you know my grandfather's 84 something years old uh he's never had a facebook account uh he's never had a twitter um it doesn't seem like he's unhappy you know so mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so another reason to get him the hell out of here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're literally poisoning our lives yeah, I just think when now we're we're you know before when they gave us that offering we you know we needed them and I think now we're equipped right. If you want to use keep using military terms and war terms, like now we have the tanks. Now we can fight back because we have coders on our side, and all you guys are is just a bunch of extreme coders, right? So like that's all these services are is just really well coded stuff. And on the other end now you got guys you know, doing 3D schematics for weapons. And if you put that on a peer-to-peer network that's distributed everywhere, you can't delete all the schematics for the gun, right? Does that make sense? So I, I think Absolutely, we're, yeah. we're now really equipped to, to, to handle this. And shit, for the third time, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, not to keep derailing, but there's another interesting concept called fourth generation warfare, I think. Um, and there's a, you know, I've seen a lot of blog posts where they're kind of saying essentially what's happening now is, um, a lot of stuff uh, is going into this fourth generation warfare mode. So to use like a, a military example, like, uh, let's say, uh, us has the greatest army in the world, but they can't, you know, win the war in Afghanistan. There's guys, uh, hiding in caves. So it's just going that mode of this big army is not equipped to handle these insurgents and these kind of decentralized things. And we're seeing that kind of pattern pop up everywhere. Wall Street Bets is a really good example of this. You've got these powerful billion dollar hedge funds and there's literally some guys on a message board uh, wrecking that whole thing up. There's no leader. Uh, doesn't look like yeah. there's any like there's any plan that someone set some kind of grand strategic plan. They're literally just going, all right, let's uh, let's get in there and cause chaos. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's what happened to the US and Vietnam. I think we just yeah, went exactly, in there yeah. and, and they were basically just too shifty. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's oh, I guess armies are trained, you know, to use the army example, armies are trained to fight other armies. They're not trained to fight, you know, guys are uh, you know, two, I'm three, five, hiding, you know. You guys are getting me more Absolutely. excited about this. <laughs> all these damn terms and everything. So, all right, wh- what do you see future threats being for, you know, um, let's just say blockchain, right? Smart contract, Bitcoin, right? Because these things solve numerous problems. And if we're going to a decentralized world, we're going to need all these tools. Um, mm. What are future threats and security that you see for the blockchain itself? Yeah, I, I got kind of three key threats. One we kind of already touched on. One is the, the 51% attack. Okay. Um, so, you know, and but that, there's a lot of moving parts in there for us to get to that position. But, you know, hey, nothing's impossible. Yeah. Um, so I kind of see that as, as one key one. Um, the other two, uh, I guess, two is kind of quantum computing uh, coming on. So, um, if normal computer users, you know, kind of has a every has one bit, one or a zero. Uh, a quantum computer kind of has um, qubits, which is like eight ones or zeros in different states at any one time. So, essentially, for every, you know, to use another really simple metaphor, for every one or a zero, this has like eight possible permutations. Wow. Um, that makes it really good for things like cracking encryption or doing like very complex kind of calculations. Um, so they're kind of saying if we, if we get to this quantum computing stage, you know, it's, it's possible. And this is, a, you know, something that will affect all kind of current encryption um, and blockchain as well, which is uh, essentially these guys will be able to crack, uh, you know, crack keys in, in like roughly eight hours, I think the estimate is. So, wow. uh, and, and that's like a brute force, trying a key and then then that's kind of um there are some mitigations for that which is don't you know keep your 
don't you know use one don't ever buy anything with a wallet just store one wallet things don't exchange out um but essentially what they what they're kind of saying is it's so powerful that even if you've never you know used that wallet they'd be able to find out what the what the public address for that is and then you know see the wallet that way and then crack the key yeah um geez are we close to that who's close to that any companies uh, there's there's a couple companies who are kind of claiming that they've got like a a a working proof of concept but there's still like a lot of debate where it's not a true quantum computer etc so yeah um what would what would you you need to power that type of system uh it is so even these are proof of concept ones are and, and like there's a huge power uh, you know, these things are like as, as big as a room and they have to run at like really cool temperatures. So it's, you know, they've got these, you know, like liquid nitrogen type cooling systems and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. yeah. DARPA. In- interesting <laughs> fact. DARPA. I think they're kind of the leader, uh, yeah. you know, uh, the guys who, I forget what they're called, but I think, you know, Google owns a big stake in them. You know, Microsoft owns a big stake. So, wow. um, you know, to be clear, their their claim is that they can crack your hardware wallet, your personal uh, password. They can crack your password, but the, essentially, they've got so much computing power, all the maths and all the encryption that we use today it would just not stand up to it. So um, it's more of like they'll just be fast enough to run through every possible permutation and try it. So yeah. that's the kind of the threat. There are people already thinking about, okay, how do we have uh, quantum cryptography, which is just, you know, crypto algorithms with that quantum uh, yeah. implementation. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's as strong as that machine. Um, we're an still eye like, for an eye. Yeah, it's, we're still far away from, I think, from from seeing that. Uh, and then, you know, um, it's going to be, that'll be a huge impact on tech um, yeah. if when that comes through. Now, if um, to stay on that one real quick, um, they'll be able to get through it through your uh, public addresses that you receive payments because I, I do a cold card and um, I air gap there, right? So my device has never yeah. seen a radio broadcasted device. Will that matter or they'll still be able to get to it? In theory. Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, in theory, they'd be able to work out what the wallet addresses are. Right. Uh, but, you know, obviously. And work their work, way backwards. And work their way backwards. And that kind of leads into the, uh, the next threat, not nicely, which is which is uh, there's some actually research out of coming out of uh, some Israeli firms. Um, so um, and these guys are kind of Israel's cyber capability and hacking capability is uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know the kind of the national focus and effort and stuff against. So there's a lot of cool companies in that space. Um, so there's some researchers who actually worked out that they've you know they got some hardware implants that they could you know lodge into your air gap machine which will then transmit like a radio signal far away or um, there's even <laughs> ones that they can kind of look at you know with a with a um i think yeah. with a microphone and listen to stuff you know like really stuff at, you know that happening at that electronic level like and kind of work out yeah um what's Insane. what the pc is doing uh so that's the kind of threat where they're kind of saying you know if if someone you know a spy could sneak in put the implant into your pc or you know uh put it while it's being that device being shipped to you and then kind of listen away and and kind of get all that transmitted so that's kind of top three threats i think uh at the moment that's insane and and i know like the last two there sound like Oh, there, you know, like you said about the quantum computing, it takes a whole room and all that, but it's only a matter of time with the advancement of microprocessors that it won't be a room or eventually it'll just be, you know, a a, PC, a tower that's doing this quantum computing stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think it'll condense. I think they're still going to be, from what I hear, like quite big for a large because they actually use a different, uh, like there's a different storage method associated with those qubits and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's you know it's literally been I think six or seven years since I you know was clued up into what was happening in the quantum computing space. But um, I mean, it, it is to me it sounds. I mean, when we think about like when computers were first invented, they were like the size of a room. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were really big, so it sounds like that but 2.0 yeah um, um and and i guess they're kind of really niche uh where they're not you know quantum computer won't, might necessarily not be good at you know like you know recording audio or video or mm-hmm. surfing the web or anything it's just really good for like you know very tough mathematical uh things so you know it might be good for mining um and, and stuff like that uh it's it's supposed to be good at just pretty much cracking encryption so i think if anything, uh, I think, you know, the government agencies or, you know, big tech will get a hold of it and then, you know, they'll kind of use it for, um, you know, n- nefarious purposes. Um, yeah. To sound like uh, super doom and gloom, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> On yeah, the upside, I, yeah, I'm looking at uh, BMW enters the quantum computing space to solve inefficiencies on their end. So, yeah, yeah things can be used for good and bad. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of... Um... There's a lot of plays that could play out here in the future uh, of this. I still think it's in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of battles to come with it. But, you know, we have the tools now to basically kind of, you know, fight back. And, th- and that's really cool. Mm. You got anything else, Ben? Or? No. So you, you've been in the space for how long, Nick? Uh, probably seven, eight years, roughly. Okay. Cool. Yeah. What are your price predictions, say, for like this year and then maybe through 2025? Um, I think we're going to, I think it's going to go up this year. It might drop again. Uh, it, it really depends. I think now it's it, it's kind of a Bitcoin I kind of look at holistically tied in with everything else that's happening in the stock market and everything else. So it really depends, you know, in a big part what, what, what happens in the US, I guess, in the next couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. I guess also, you know, and I think the other things they're worried really about price-wise is, uh, is uh, hey there, um, <laughs> is, uh, is the US pretty much, uh, oh, sorry, I think uh, China, I think, wants to launch its own cryptocurrency. So I, I think it really depends in a big part what happens with, with the other countries and, you know, what's happening. But I think, uh, you know, we're at like a record level of debt. I think crazy if you look at the, the amount of money printed for the GFC, uh, yeah. you know, 11, 12 years ago, amount of money printed for COVID uh, is just uh, makes that look like nothing. And that was supposed to be a huge crisis, right? So mm-hmm. um, I kind of see going up and I think 25, I think 2025, I think we're kind of in for a more uh, unstable, a bit more erratic type of world, the way things are going. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I think with all that stuff, whether that's 2025 to 2030 to 2035, I think the, the price is going to keep going up um, is, is my prediction. So um I guess uh, if you've got some, hold on. Uh, if you haven't got some, you know, uh, get try some. get some and hold on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, how do you pronounce the uh, the H O D L when people say that? Uh, hodlers or, or hodler. Hodl, yeah. Oh, oh, I guess okay. I, I, I can't. Remember. I think the story was that someone you know misspelled hold or something. So <laughs> hodl. So yeah. Yeah, I say, I say hodl too, but I have yeah. heard the hodl. Uh, yeah. and I don't know which way. <laughs> tomato, tomato, I guess. Right. Yeah, either yeah. way, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Love yeah. it. All right, Nick, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been a great conversation. Please, if you want to, I know you have a password manager app and I know you have a few other apps. If you want to plug them in so the users could go check you out, please feel free to. 
yeah, cool. I'll, I'll provide some links, but you know, pass vault, password manager, um, my social network is Pleem. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my two main things at the moment. So yeah. And you got um, the blog yeah, still? You're still working on the blog? still working on the blog so there's a security-sleuth.com uh where i kind of post uh some some i used to post a lot of security tutorials but now it's more kind of thoughts on what's happening in security or current events uh in, in, that have got like a cyber context so yeah always cool. valuable info yeah nick thank you so much for your time man i appreciate you and hopefully this isn't the last time you and you know we speak yeah definitely it was a thanks for having me again pleasure to talk to you again good to meet you ben um but yeah uh, hopefully chat to get chat again soon. It was uh really enjoyed it.